Oh god, I hate myself for what I'm about to say. <clears throat> Top of the table, Top to you. <laughs> and welcome to episode 209 of the Nerd Stravaganza podcast, where we celebrate gaming every day. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. I'm Cam. And this week we'll be discussing Tabletop Day and how such a holiday could be translated into a celebration of other types of gaming. But before we get into that speculation, holiday speculation, I guess we'll say, I should remind our listeners that they can celebrate us every week on iTunes by listening to our episodes and giving us maximum stars and positive reviews. And with that said, let's kick things off in our usual fashion with the weekly geekly geekly weekly update, but with a little bit of a twist. Usually I go last after having Cam and Brian go first, but I'll just go first this time. I, I, it occurred to us that there's no reason for me to go last all the time. So it's <laughs> uh, especially convenient because my update is really short and uh, sweet. I've been kind of busy uh, not doing as many geeky things as I might like. So uh, I did play more of Batman Arkham Origins. I'm almost done with that last-gen Batman game. Pretty soon, I'm going to be fully transitioned to next-gen systems. Or, sorry, they're not next-gen anymore. Current-gen systems. And uh, looking forward to not being in the past, I guess. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> For almost a year since the NX has been announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of hoping there's some NX talk in the news, but if not, we'll bring that up next week. I... Uh, I'm stupidly excited about the NX still. I, I think we may have discussed that before. Um, I'm just a hopeless Nintendo fanboy. So there's an update. That has not changed. It's no update. I'm still a hopeless Nintendo fanboy. <laughs> That's it, man. Just playing some games, keeping busy, and uh, dreaming of a day when I have more time to play games. That would be that would be great. That's it for me. So, Cam, what about you, man? Oh, let's see. I um, Man, I'm getting so close to my gaming layer to be finished upstairs nice. in my loft. I mean, I, uh, my companion and I have been working hard, diligently putting up, I, I, I have like over a thousand board games. So we put together all the shelves. We, we've been, you know, trying to organize and sort through all the games and put them in, you know, or different orders by genre, color, size, etc. So that's been taking forever, but, uh, it's coming along pretty nicely. I'm, I'm really glad that I'm sort of casting off the hoarder status that I had before. <laughs> Uh, and now don't have a mound of things that will fall on me. Instead, uh, I just have a bunch of shelves that might might fall on me, but at least they're organized. Um, what else did I do? Um, I booked my trip to Origins, uh, the big game fair in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I'll be going up there with my companion, actually. Her family is from Cleveland, so we'll be going to visit her family and then head on over to the convention uh, to do some work for Yellow Games there at Origins. So it should be a great time. Um, what else? Game of Thrones. Checked out the premiere Sunday ah, night. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Um, I uh, and I, I think you, you know we had talked about this yesterday, uh, you guys and I. I also read this week prior to that. Well, I, I'd said in last week's episode I read reread all the books leading up to the uh, to the premiere, but I also read uh, a prequel. Uh, which is sort of an amalgamation of a bunch of like short stories and comics uh, called A Night uh, of the Seven Kingdoms by George R. R. Martin, which is, happens a hundred years before the original first uh, Song of Ice and Fire book came out, basically. Not a hundred years like in real time, but a hundred years in the, you know, in uh, Westeros. Uh, and that was really good, actually. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and it gave a lot of the backstory. It's sort of set when the Targaryens were ruling and fills in a lot of the blanks sort of from the book. So that was pretty cool. Um, 
And I am currently, I currently just finished the first Mistborn series. Oh. Um, and so I will be starting the second one probably tonight, actually. Nice, man. Yeah. And tabletop gaming, of course. Always. <laughs> At the Adventure Game Store. Yeah. Davey, Florida, check it out. Yep. Yeah, I should have mentioned the Game of Thrones premiere. It was uh, it was pretty good. I, I have accepted that it is its own thing. They can spoil whatever they want because whatever they do in that show, it's going to have pretty much nothing to do. Yeah, it doesn't matter really. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just entertainment. Yep. Awesome. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah, just getting ready for you know sort of what we're going to be talking about. Just gearing up for Tabletop Day at the Adventure Game Store this weekend. Sweet. All right, Brian, over to you. Uh, I, I have had nothing but time this week, sadly. Uh, one of my one of my puppies has been uh, not really sick, but like he had surgery on a on a mask that he had, and they mm. thought it might be something bad, but it turns out it, it wasn't. But he still has a, a horrible, like you know, surgical scar that we're dealing with. And uh, dogs are stupid, so he pulled sutures out. And, uh, I, I've had to, for the last like five days now, sit beside him every second that I'm awake and make sure he doesn't do anything stupid. So I've been watching a lot of movies. Uh, I I caught up, uh, on edge of tomorrow, John wick, uh, pixels, um, (laughs) a, a bunch of, you know, Stuff I had missed. What do you think of Edge of Tomorrow? I like that movie. You know, I, I I kind of had a little problem with the ending and things like that, but uh, I I read like no, this is like the explanation to why that was or whatever. That that was actually a really like intelligent ending. Like it, it made a lot of sense the way it was explained. Cool. So honestly, n- no real complaints. It was a little confusing in the beginning as you're figuring things out and and asking yourself, but I I kind of like that. You know, it pays off. Like choppy start, I guess, but really decent movie. Yeah, I really like that. That was uh, I'm always happy when Tom Cruise has a big win. So I consider that one. Um, does does the dog have one of those cones on to keep him from biting? They didn't give him like a cone over his head. Well, he's got a cone, but I I don't I think he jumped. Uh, I think he like jumped uh down off the couch and and no one was around like maybe in the middle of the night or something like that. But apparently like it it's in a bad spot too. It's right at his tail. Oh, okay. So, sure. you know, anything he does with his hind legs puts stress on him. Oh, and man. he just popped two uh two sutures. That sucks. Well, I hope he feels better. He's high as a kite right now, so <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah, yeah, I want some sutures. That sounds great. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, anything else? Uh new Star Wars comic. Mm. They're kind of between uh story arcs right now, so the story's a little slow. Uh Afra what's her name? Sana and Leia are like doing girl bonding in a crisis situation, but not really accomplishing anything. It's just been a bunch of one-liners lately, like, you know, Afra trying to kill everybody. And I apparently, I don't know if they're, I don't know how much truth is involved because Afra is not known for being honest, 
but I guess Sana had a relationship with her in the past. Oh. So mm. there might be some, I don't know, controversy brewing or some inclusion happening. I, I don't know how people are going to decide to take that. They will decide to take it as a reason to boycott Target or something, probably. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an Asian woman and a black woman having a like non-traditional relationship. They should oh. love it, I think. Who's uh, See, this is how far behind I am. Like, I'm way behind on the Star Wars comics and the Vader ones. Who is Sana again? Is that... Sana's Han Solo's wife. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Oh, that's cool. Those characters all got together and Leia. That's awesome. Uh, that That's actually... I mean, I don't know in what circumstances they're doing the bonding, but that's a, that's cool characters to have in the same scenes anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I got to uh, I gotta get caught up. Anyway, anything else? That's all I can remember. Mostly the dog and uh, comics. Yeah, dog. I uh, he's a cute dog. So there's that. He's decidedly less cute after the bill. <laughs> I don't even want to ask, so I won't. <laughs> there went your upgraded PS4, huh? I don't mind the original bill, but I really mind the triple digit bill for him fucking jumping once. Oh my god! Like that was not cool. He should. He should not have jumped. I would think the vet would give you like a little warranty on those sutures. Like, yeah, I'll replace a couple, but let's not. <sighs> There's what do you call it? Uh, um, anesthesia involved and, you know, a, a clean environment and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's just not a cheap thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, veterinary care is, I don't mean to seem anti-animal, but when so many do without basic medical care in the world, it. I don't know. Something seems unjust about that, which is really a little more political than we should get on the show. But um. yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, with that aside, uh, I think that's it for our updates. Unless anybody can think of anything else. Three quick weeks. Yeah. Oh, watch Silicon Valley if you don't. That that show's starting off. I yeah. I, I actually caught like the entire marathon leading up to the preview or the premiere. Ah, what do you think? Um, funny, but I think like. I guess, like, the in-jokes and everything like that are a little too in. Like, it makes me, like, really hate that environment because I know it's – that's what happens. Uh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Brian, you could be counted on to find an objectionable lining in most in most clouds, and I, I love that about you. It's hilarious. It's, I, I try to, I don't know, make a joke out of it or whatever, but Christ, it's, it's, it's a natural talent, man. Like, <laughs> A box full of puppies, they suck. <laughs> I gotta clean that. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh, man. oh god, okay, so if that concludes your update, then uh we will move on. Cam, I think it's time for you to let us know what's news with the new Stravaganza. Alright, well your wish has come true. There is some Nintendo NX uh news. It is, of course, going to launch in March 2017, which actually is a little later than we sort of we've reported on previous. They they had originally, I think, uh, wanted to launch it before Christmas this year, uh, but now it's going to launch in March 2017. Um, they're saying that it won't completely replace the Wii U um, or the 3DS, but then in related news, it says that uh, Nikkei, um, the Japanese newspaper Nikkei, came out with a story that. Uh, they want to kill off, they were going to kill off the Wii U by the end of 2016, 
but then I guess they people got all up in arms, and uh, now Nintendo plans to kill the Wii U by 2018. Oh, okay. So on the one hand, they're saying it won't replace it, but on the other hand, we're hearing that the Wii U is going to get killed. So I, I don't know. Or replace it, but you'll still be without it. Yeah. So 2018, your Wii U's will be obsolete, which, you know, whatever. I mean, it's 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 going to be obsolete at some point, so I guess 2018 is as good a time as any. That's fine. But yeah, the... Um, the uh, NX is going to launch in 2017, All right. so get ready for that. Um, and like we've talked about, uh, you know, I think Nintendo is really looking for this to be their savior because they their earnings have fallen like 60% during the last fiscal year. Um, they're still doing okay, but uh, they are, you know, I mean, if it weren't for the Amiibos, they'd probably be underwater. <laughs> so they're, this, they're really looking for this to uh, to, to save their skin. And, uh, you know, as long as there's plenty of people like you, Tom, Nintendo will soldier on. Yeah, yeah. Suckers. <laughs> I mean, loyal Nintendo <laughs> Nintend faithful. Yeah. Yep. Um, sticking with video game news and gaming news in general, uh, the um, game Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, uh, it's kind of funny. It's sort of art imitating life. And, you know, we... I was trying to remember what's there, and I was trying to find it before the show. Uh, we talked about this before. The same thing happened to another game in the UK. Oh, no, it was actually a shipment of Amiibos, actually. Um, the UK, they have some, like, really, like, cyber thugs, or, you know, thugs that are, like, really up on technology and gaming, because uh, I think it was, like, a year ago, a whole bunch of, like, brand-new Amiibos, a truck shipment got stolen. Uh, basically, someone just hijacked the truck and stole all the amiibos. Wow. Uh, and this just now, this year, I think a day or two ago, on the twenty, uh, yeah, I think it was yesterday, uh, a shipment of Uncharted Four: A Thief's End was stolen by a thief. Somebody <laughs> hijacked the truck and took a whole shipment, uh, truck worth of the the game. It was supposed to be uh, released worldwide on May tenth. But they're saying that in certain portions of the UK that might not be hit now because uh, all those shipments, uh, you know, you're going to have to buy it on the street corner <laughs> because uh, they're going to be out of uh, stock. Have to pick it up used at yeah. GameStop for fifty seven ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, literally off the back of the truck. Um, so if you're a fan of uh, Drake and Uncharted, um, I am you know, in the UK. You're going to have to, you're going to have to look for alternative alternative sourcing. I think is what they call it. Um, let's see, um, speaking of alternative, alternative, uh, fuel sources, nuclear power, right? We're, we're all sort of back in the eighties. Everyone was so scared of nuclear power. Oh, it was, you know, and all these lawsuits and people stopped, uh, nuclear power and Chernobyl and all that stuff. Um, and then I don't know, you know, sort of like over the last 10, 20 years, it's sort of come back into vogue that nuclear power might be what we need to do with these nuclear power plants. And I think, but then that Fukushima thing happened, and, you know, I, I don't even know what the state of nuclear power is at this point. But, um, you know, I think we all sort of take it for granted that these people know what they're doing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, uh, uh, you know, it's becoming increasingly apparent to me that they, you know, especially with Fukushima and now with this, that they just don't. Um, there is a German nuclear power plant um, that they found has been running with all sorts of malware and viruses in their operating system oh my god right. yeah right like basically um it, it, it was just basically like totally screwing up their, their 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 i mean not totally screwing up the plant but like basically they're saying well hey we're not connected to the internet so it's not a big deal 
But if you're not connected to the internet, then how the hell did you get the malware and the, and the viruses on there? In the right, first place? right. You know what I mean? I mean somebody bring a USB uh, stick in or something, or yeah. Um, and they're saying, well, you know, these infections like this aren't really particularly danger- dangerous unless they're like a targeted attack. Well, why would someone put them on there if they're not part of a targeted attack? Just because you haven't been attacked yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, they got the – they had the Conficker virus. They had the uh, Ramnit. I, I know – I've heard of Conficker, but I haven't heard of Ramnit or Ramnit. I might be bu- uh, butchering that name. Uh, but Conficker is pretty nasty. You know what I mean? I mean, that's it's been around for like a decade. And, uh, well, here's why. Yeah. Um, so, you know, basically it can zombie your computer. You know what I mean? So, like, what if someone could zombie the a terminal at the, the the nuclear power plant, cause a meltdown or do something, you know? That's ridiculous. So I'm just glad I don't live in Germany at this point. Um, but uh, that's, that's funny because I heard today that like Three Mile Island is is leaking here. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah. I thought it – yeah, that's, that's nothing new. Is I, I, I remember there was a – that's like a story arc in several of the Marvel comics. Three Mile Island caused a bunch of the mutants – to, to did it that. really yeah pretty sure apparently it really is leaking into the the water or something like well that. It, it's a, it's one of those situations where the incident happened a while ago and they supposedly contained it but now of course you can only contain that stuff so long before it starts leaking out again right uh i you know i i i'm not a expert on that kind of stuff i mean i thought that uh you know those things were supposed to be contained the the problem was disposing of the nuclear the waste afterwards what do you do with these barrels of like contaminated water that are used to cool the rocks yeah. you know what i'm saying um i don't think they're ever supposed to leak <laughs> you know you know you what just I mean? pump like, that water into a creek somewhere yeah i mean that's you get like mr Bur- mr burns you know like <laughs> that seems to be the thing with nuclear power like 99.99% of the time it works there's no emissions it, it runs then you have this horrible, horrible fuel to deal with. And when things go wrong, it's kind of like airplane crash syndrome. When things go wrong, they're 100% wrong. They really? Go- <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no stopping it. Yeah. <laughs> Screwed for 20,000 years. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like a plane crash that goes on for 20,000 years, as Brian said. It just never stops crashing. Huh. Well, the, the, the destruction of the environment. Soldiers on. Good. Although I did see, and this wasn't part of my news because I, I don't believe, you know, I, I feel like it was probably just some like, you know, uh, denialist bullshit. But um, there was an article that I just saw in passing the other day about how the increased CO2 emissions are having a, 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 not an adverse effect, but a great effect on the environment because it's causing more green, like, Basically, it's making like they took a shot of the of the globe from a satellite and said the world is actually more green with these increased CO2 uh, emissions because, you know, that's what, you know, plants use to thrive and produce more oxygen. And I was just like, all right, come on. Well, that's uh, I mean, were you like, was this article produced by the Koch brothers? Yes. Or what, what <laughs> that feels optimistic. Yeah. So anyway, wow. that uh, that's it. And then our, you know, we're on YouTube right now, so I, I got to hit them a little bit. Um, apparently, they're gonna have bump ads, bumper ads, um, coming up pretty soon, where you can't that you can't skip. Oh no! So just right in the middle of you know our show or someone else's show or whatever you're watching, you're gonna have a six second bumper ad that you're just gonna have to watch, and then uh, you know keep going with your video. Let us know. So listeners and viewers or let us know viewers if the bumper ads you encounter while watching our show bother you let us know we'd like to know 
<laughs> yeah, because we have the bargaining power and the the weight and prestige to let YouTube know that yeah. they shouldn't be putting bumper ads in our. We'll give them. <laughs> we'll give them a piece of our mind. I'm sure they'll recommend we just go to RedTube or whatever. Yeah, they'll be like, you know what, Twitch uh, might be better. <laughs> no, that was actually like Freudian because I meant YouTube Red, which I don't know why they called it that. The premium content, which is uh, ad free if you favor for it. Is it red to never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. yeah it really is called YouTube else. Red, isn't it? Like <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. I, what a <laughs> I would not involve uh, red and tube in any previous yeah. in, 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 I they just they have that one. You don't, you don't need to <laughs> And uh yeah, that's the end of my news, guys. All right. So uh <laughs> With the new segment now out of the way, we will transition away from tubes of various colors and into tonight's topic, <laughs> which is Tabletop Day. I think a good place to start is for one or both of you guys to give an overview to our audience members who don't actually know what Tabletop Day is all about. Uh, I guess I'll do it. Tabletop Day is something that was created, I believe, by Felicia Day and Will Wheaton. Um, through, I don't know if Geek and Sundry was actually a thing at that point, or it might have just been a fledgling thing. Uh, Geek and Sundry, of course, is Felicia Day's YouTube channel company conglomerate, uh, where they just basically wanted everyone to come together on a specific day every year and play tabletop games, which is awesome. And, uh, they, uh, started it several years back and it's really sort of taken a life of its own, you know, just coincided with the boom of, of tabletop games in general. Uh, and it's become basically Geek Christmas, uh, gaming Geek Christmas anyway, uh, every year. And um, it's this Saturday, April 30th, where uh, everyone can come together. I mean, you know, they they sort of want you to go to stores and play games at stores. But uh, at the same time, I, I don't think they really care either. Uh, I think as long as you're playing games, you're you're in the spirit of Tabletop Day. And I, for one, am definitely looking forward to it. Nice. A very concise and accurate description, I would say. Brian, anything to add? Is that more or less sum it up? That that's that's about it. Um I think I will add though that uh a lot of people are like very excited about promos and things like that. And they do uh, exclusive promos for it, don't they? I know they do promos. I think they are exclusive. Yeah, they they, they put together a to get you to, to drive traffic to local stores. Um, and again, it's, it's not, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not, they're not trying to drive you to like a big box store. They're driving you to local game stores and they, they send them exclusive boxes of tabletop promos. A lot of times they feature Felicia Day or Will Wheaton. I remember, I think last year or the year before I got a dead of winter, Felicia Day, dead of, dead of, dead of winter promo, uh, would, you know, it's, it's her basically as a character for, for, to play dead of winter with, um, Will Wheaton was uh, one of the Five Tribes guys, you know, for the game Five Tribes. You know, they, they put all these exclusive promos that you can only get if you go to a local game store and play tabletop games. And that helps the local game stores get traffic and, you know, spurn, spurn some local small business. Promos are a big deal to me. I, I, I like those. I really do. Especially the exclusive ones and things like that where that are, you know, that are that are really cool that you can, you know, that are, I mean, I don't care about hard to get, but that. Sort of are, you know, gitchy and fun like that. Yeah. Cool. So there's a retail participation, the retail industry participation in the holiday, which is awesome. And that kind of got us thinking, 
just as you were describing tabletop day, the question, the questions almost answered themselves, but I think it's probably worth discussion just for fun. Why isn't there a tabletop day equivalent for other types of gaming, for video gaming, say, and can we, could we come up with a, a holiday, like, you know, a video game day or a, let's say in the, in the near future, a virtual reality day or something like that? Can you guys think of this concept being kind of translated? We could come up with the real V-Day, you know. <laughs> for for all all the virgins that just play video games and don't have a date on Valentine's Day, come to V Day and play video games with us. World War V. And I'm including myself, you know, in, in that nerd category. But um, no, uh, the uh, yeah, we could we could come up with that. But I think the problem with that is, uh, you know, tabletop games sort of lend themselves to getting together with people, and yep. sitting down and somewhere else and playing. Whereas video games, like. If I'm sitting on my couch and I'm eating a hot pocket and smoking a joint, like I'm not like trying to, I don't smoke weed, but I'm saying, you know, I know that's <laughs> typically what, you know, uh, when it comes to mind of a typical gamer in my head, I, you know, that's what I think of. Uh, I don't eat hot pockets either. I'd probably smoke a joint before I ate a hot pocket. But, um, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, you know, that's sort of what comes to my mind as the typical ga- gamer. I, I don't think I'm going to get up and go to a store to play video games. Um, it probably would have to be more of like an online thing if there was a way to do that mm. and get everyone to come together on like a specific system or server or network. Should be kind of cool. Well, I'll throw in too that I don't think the retail element would work because there's so many people involved in Tabletop Day in their own tiny little ways, but it's still a lot of people. It's a lot of people on Facebook promoting it. It's a lot of people with cheesy podcasts promoting it. It's a lot of game stores talking to people who might not normally play uh, a tabletop game. Any kind of video game day is going to be GameStop. Yeah. Well, you know, what I was thinking, Brian, is it, it like sort of what I was saying about if, if everyone sort of came together on a network, the way to entice people to come to that network is, all right, if you come to our network, we're going to have an exclusive mount for you for like, you know, your, your MMORPG or, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Or you're going to get a specific weapon or a piece of gear that's specific only to V day or, you know, whatever V non top day. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like to get, top day. Yeah. So it would be, it wouldn't be a physical, you know, like Felicia day promo card that you would get for your, for your tabletop game, but it would be an, you know, digital promo that you could only get if you join that network. You you might be able to do like a sale day. Like you could buy it on that day or subscribe on that day and get people to play it like right away. That might, that might be interesting. Yeah. You'd have to have the, you know, the hardware and software set up for people to, to check out. But actually, so a, a lot of the things you said that would make it kind of difficult, the online aspect and, it not being the social in-person activity that it once was, you know, video gaming that is. Um, apart from Brian's suggestion that you, where you had something like you buy it here, play it here, some sort of event like that. I, the reason I mentioned VR is I think, I think I've indicated a few times for a lot of people, a top shelf VR rig might be cost prohibitive. And there may be a VR experience superior to what can be delivered at home to be had. And if you think of all those things in combination and there are like VR, I keep calling them parlors. I don't know why I like that word so much, but VRlers, let's say, um, 
Varlers, right. Yeah, I, I think you could have events around virtual reality. And again, that I, I mentioned them before, and I really think we need to get them on the show. The Clutch Gaming Arena guys who are basically making that like gaming resort. Imagine a venue like that hosting you know, VR day or, or, or any, any such place where they've got the, the, the stuff set up, the multiple machines, the VR, the, the room, they have the space. So if you can't do it at home, you'll come out there. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. That's interesting. But I feel like you'd have to have a lot of those places and you'd have to, you know what I'm saying? Like think of like how many rigs do you have to have set up for how many people to come and be there at the same time? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe when, Maybe when they become ubiquitous to people's homes, then you, you know what I'm saying? It might be a little bit easier for them to like really truly glom on to one of the existing events because it would be pretty damn nifty to experience VR on tabletop day. Like sit down and some people like, oh, they're playing this game, but um, you know, they'll be free in 20 minutes. How about in that 20 minutes, you sit down here and play a quick game, a love letter with some guy in another state ah. and you put on the glasses and you see his hands and he deals the cards and like, they might really be able to promote on X day with like one or two rigs. That makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about that virtual tabletop day and yeah, all the other applications of VR are kind of a follow on, but yeah, that's actually a really awesome idea. I like that. Well, what's funny is that, and I just sort of came to me, I, didn't, I should have thought about this before when we were prepping for the episode, but I mean, that's really where the industry, the tabletop industry is going right now. There's so many of these games that everyone loves that are coming out for your tablet or your smartphone. Like I myself have like a bunch of different games. I have Splendor, I have Ticket to Ride, I've, you know, it, it, and it, I mean, it's not VR, but it's, it's, it's basically me playing a video game of a tabletop game. And, and it could really easily become VR. Yeah, absolutely. That, definitely an experience that lends, it, lends itself to that. Yeah, like how sweet would it be like if you're playing Ticket to Ride when like you build a train route, you're like, choo, choo, you're like, <laughs> you're, you know what I mean? It, like forms like around you or something and you're like moving along your route. Like that would be awesome. It'd be awesome to actually see like, like even the board with moving trains and like some locomotives and some steam engines and I mean, just, just purely cosmetic. I'm thinking of it from the social aspect, and this may be way too early days to to think about something like this, but imagine like I'm out in Seattle. I'm like, man, I miss the guys. I want to play, you know, at AGS and like, you know, Star Wars style, like I'm there at the table with you, but I'm not, but I'm I'm sitting there at the table with you. Uh, Maybe somebody would have to move pieces on my behalf or they'd have to be projected or something, but I don't know. Something where I could, I mean, imagine like, you hop on, you look at a list of games going on at different stores you've never been to around the country, around the world, and suddenly you're playing, you know, a tabletop game with somebody in New York, but it's like you're there and you're getting a representation of the store. And I think that's more of a, um, like what that Magic Leap company is supposed to do, where they're like projecting things into reality. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's well, kind of I mean, cool. Yeah. I mean, you can already do that, like, sort of. I mean, even just with like rudimentary games, like Words with Friends, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're playing other people. I mean, you could play your friends, obviously, but you or you could just play just some random that they pull up for you that's also on the network. I mean, just like, you know, playing Halo, too. You, you know what I mean? But, like, you know, uh, that's an interesting point, like, where you could actually, if you don't just want to play a random or you don't want to play one of your, like, you know, friends from work or something, you want to play your actual, like, gaming friends that 
or whatever that might be at a gaming store. That could work. But it's sort of, to me, it's like, well, doesn't that make the gaming store sort of obsolete? Like, why would the, why would someone go to the gaming store? Like, Tom, if you and I wanted to play Ticket, if all three of us wanted to play Ticket to Ride, why would we go somewhere else when we could all just sit and play well, on our tablets or in our VR? Well, well presumably people want the tabletop experience and you want to partake in the tabletop experience, even though you can't be there. It makes you, it's like, I, that's why I try to emphasize that a social experience, you know, for people that really want to be among, among friends. Um, it's, it's a really interesting question though, because you will be able to socialize sitting in a completely dark room. Yeah. I mean, you can sit in your room. I'll sit in mine, Tom, you can sit in Seattle. And I mean, to our eyes, to our perceptions, we'll be in the same room. I mean, yeah. It's like all the benefit of interaction with other people without the smell. It's wonderful. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I myself will always will always like the tactile sensation of playing an actual game, you know. So I, for myself, always hope that there are places like the oh, yeah. store where people, people can actually go and play games and move the pieces and, you know, that kind of stuff. Same with books, you know. Like I like audiobooks. I like e-readers. But I also like to pick up an actual real book sometimes and leaf the pages, you know. But, you know, I think that we're sort of maybe in the last generation of that. I don't know. Hard to say. It'll be like a real event. It'll be like spring day where everybody goes out and gets a little bit of vitamin C <laughs> and like actually meets people. Well, the tactile sensation, that's the thing I mentioned too. If you're going to be remote and somebody's going to be playing in another place, you're not going to be able to move the game pieces. You're going to maybe be able to move virtual game pieces or something, but yeah, I don't think you substitute for that. You'd have to have somebody move your pieces for you. Um, AR is going to make that amazing. Projecting. Yeah. Like, just, yeah, projected pieces that no one's actually touching. Which, you're right, Cam, that won't be nearly as fun as, like, being able to throw a piece at somebody. But... Or actually just throwing die, you know what I mean? Like, rolling die. I mean, I guess you could roll die your, in, in front of yourself. And, you know, as long as everyone could see what you rolled, it's fine. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's, it sort of lends itself to certain games a little better than others. You know what I mean? Like, if I need... If there are games that I need to, like, look at... Uh, certain cards like what is someone going to just sit there and hold up the cards only i could see it to the you know to the screen like yeah it's it's kind of tough that way but maybe who knows like sort of like a golem arcana type thing yeah where like you, you can just do something on your computer and it maybe you have like a magnetized board or you have a board that just is not even a board maybe it's just like a the table is a you know i mean flat screens are how cheap these days you know a couple hundred bucks yeah you just have an actual screen where things just happen you know based on what you do on your computer or hell, you know, maybe maybe there's a, a new type of spectator mode where you know the people playing who agreed to do this, they've got like a little earpiece in, and you're like a you're like a fly on the wall, but you can like fly around to other people's. You like you can go back and forth and be like, hey man, what do you do? Why are you making that move? But you don't want you don't want to cheat. <laughs> but it'd be cool to have spectator mode where you could uh, where you could discuss with people and like see, see what they're planning. You know, I don't know that that would bring you into the game as a spectator when you can't be there in person. And that might, that might be cool for people who just want to bounce around the world, watching people play and see what they're playing and see how games are played. Uh, that may, might be amazing for esports. Uh, actually. Yeah. Now that you mention it, now that you mention it. And that's, yeah, there is, I mean, if, if YouTube has taught us nothing, and what's PewDiePie, you know, I mean, <laughs> yes. there are plenty of people that want to watch other people play games. So. Yeah. PewDiePie, the guy, <sighs> The, nothing makes me feel more old manny than when I think back to when my friend's daughter was like, have you heard of PewDiePie? I'm like, no, I'll look him up. And then I looked him up and I was like, what's this kid doing? I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm done. Hey, hang me out to dry, put me out to pasture. 
Oh man. Anyway, so I, I think we've come back around to what I thought was the initial difficulty, which is you can't, at least for now, get away from the fact that tabletop games are played in person. There's a social experience. They're interactive just by their very nature. Video games right now, thanks to networking, can be played remotely. I'm holding out some hope that VR and maybe cost prohibitive VR hardware and, and software combined with AR combined with other things can sort of facilitate an in-person gaming. I, I, it all comes back down to my yearning for the arcade to come back. Okay. Let's just <laughs> cut right to it. Um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll see as technology progresses something akin to a tabletop day with, uh, with non-tabletop gaming. And I'm not saying this cause I don't like tabletop gaming. I just, I hate, I feel a little isolated playing video games these days. I miss going over friends' house and playing together. That's just not something that's that happens anymore. Yeah, yeah, we really need to do that too. We, uh, I don't know, became so much about Tuesdays and Thursdays at the store that I haven't played a game just like in my basement in two years. <laughs> yeah, so that's something to consider. Something for the cast to consider. We we can have our own. Oh, there you go. We'll get some webcams. We'll set them up. In Cam's gaming loft and Brian's, uh, what he has dubbed his basement, in one of my vat in one of my many layers, and we will, uh, we'll just like invite the audience to come in and experience gaming with the Ganza crew. <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- thanks guys. I think I, I think I got a picture for maybe how something like this could come together. I'm not. Mm. Maybe maybe this will be our big contribution to geek culture. Maybe we should make this happen. I, I I'm all for that. I'm I'm down to game whenever, wherever, man. Okay, even digitally. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. Cam is down to game wherever, whenever. Send him invitations, and he will show up. Hit me up, nerdtravaganza gmail <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think uh, yeah, I, I think I more or less got what I want out of this episode. Anything else you guys want to discuss? Bring up? Touch on? Go once, twice. I think we're I think we're good on this one. Okay. Yeah, just uh, make sure you you know if you're in the South Florida area, head to uh, the Adventure Game Store and play uh, play some games with us at the uh, you know at, at ta- on Tabletop Day. Um, just so you know, just so everyone knows. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're at the Adventure Game Store; we want you to come. But if you're in a different part of the country, um, just so you know, the uh, the exclusive promos this year um, are for the games Wits and Wagers, Steam Time. Three Cheers for the Master, Epic Spell Wars, uh, Castle Panic, Shmovie, Tanto Quare, Super Fight, Heroes Wanted, Birds of a Feather, and Red Dragon Inn, and several others, but those are those are the big ones. So if you have any of those games or interested in any, any of those games, I'd head to your local game store. Uh, like I said, if you're in the South Florida area, come to the Adventure Game Store, play with us. You'll get some free promos, and uh, I know specifically at the, the Adventure Game Store, they're going to be giving away a ton of games just actual real games. So you can just come and you might walk away with a free game. So you'll definitely walk away with a free promo. So come on out and have fun. I need to get that Tonto Corey. Yeah, me too. You'll definitely walk away with some free memories. Tonto Corey, isn't that the, isn't that the, the made deck building? Yeah. Made deck building by Japan. Japan games. games. Okay, cool. Yeah. So get out somewhere, play with someone is the bottom line and enjoy tabletop day. Look for Ganza day coming up soon (laughs) as soon as we figure out what that is exactly (laughs) and with that said i think we can let everybody get ready for tabletop day 
I'll start by saying one way to get yourself in the mood is to listen to our show. It'll put you in the mood to do anything else. And uh, you could do that on the weekly by checking us out in iTunes. If you are not an iTunes person, we are also available in Stitcher. And if that isn't to your liking, it is finally confirmed. We are available in the Google Play Music Store. I listened to our most recent episode in that store, and it was delightful. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circle, join the Nerd Stravaganza HQ group for all the events. I'm, I'm sure all the AGS events will make it there. And, and to add your own events. Roll your dice on over to nerdstravaganza.com and check out this and all of our back episodes. Uh, hop your pawn on over to YouTube, where you're at now, and check out this and all of our uh, video content. And shoot us an email at nerdstravaganza.gmail.com and let us know what games you like to play. And with all that said, Brian, roll the dice and take us away. Oh, I have a dice little, like, noise I should use. Oh, you should... Go to Cam more often. <laughs> Critical hit. Yeah. <laughs> Critical hit. Perfect. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. See you guys.